0: Uh, do you do you remember what that's from?
1: Yeah, that was from the first game last year.
0: No, that was from the first game two years ago.
1: Two I just remember it was at Tarbor.
0: Yes, it was. Well, because oh, it Yeah, it's it's either at, at Tarborough or Nash Central because that's the first game we do. That's
1: what we do. And apparently, they've extended that series for another couple of years. <laughs> yeah. But, if you're game, I'm game. Hey, you know,
0: you know, hey, they did. They did expend Tarboro Southern Nash, though. That was... What is it? they say? They extended the Tarboro Southern Nash series.
1: Well, is going to try to play anybody and everybody they can, because they, they have, have to. They have to.
0: They can't, they can't afford not to.
1: <laughs> oh... I mean, they can literally get, like, two break games in their non-conference, and that's about it. Everybody else I need to play is – got to play somebody brutal. Uh, it's, they got to play somebody brutal and not worry if they're 3-3 three and three going into conference. Well, because it doesn't matter. I yeah.
0: mean, they, they, they go perfect in their conference. Cause, well, does – The does, only place
1: it will matter is when it comes to their seating right. in this tournament.
0: Well, would it only matter if, like, they it, they run the conference table – does it only matter then, like to break a tie with another team that also ran their conference, or do they get preferential treatment because they went undefeated in their conference?
1: Well, I mean, you remember, like, once you win your conference, you go like into that group of the conference champions, uh-huh. and then they seed you based on your overall. Oh, uh,
0: okay, okay, yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's kind of you kind of take your pick. You know, do you want to be battle hardened or do you want to? I mean, Tarbert can guarantee themselves a number one seed.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, all you got to do is go play other 1A or little crap 2A teams, and they'll be fine.
0: Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk with Jeff Craddock in a little bit.
1: Ah, damn you, John Cena.
0: Oh, what, what did John Cena do? But you know what? We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later on episode six of the all-new sports show, the podcast, because that's a whole nother segment with John Cena, unless unless he did something on, like, a different TV show.
1: He did something in two thousand seven that I'm watching that just angered me. We'll, we'll so let him off the hook for tonight.
0: Hey, hey, we we we've it's been seven years we can let it go. Well guys, welcome to the all new sports show, the podcast. I am Edward Green, joined as always by my colleague Wes Bradshaw. Uh a big week and a big podcast coming up. Um of course Copa del Mundo twenty fourteen upon us. But first Wes, mm. how's your how's how's it been since the last time we spoke a week ago?
1: oh man it's been uh, I, l- I literally can't remember what I did today but uh, I just know that uh, on the on the youth baseball front all-star season is uh, rapidly uh, coming up this Saturday um, I will take my pine tops 10u all-star troops to winterville for our first uh, pre all-star tournament Um don't know who we're playing yet, but when you go to Winterville, you know you're going to get some good baseball teams. So we're looking forward to some good baseball this weekend, and then in two weeks uh, we will be hosting the Ten U Cal Ripken District in Pine Tops. Ooh. And just this week, I West Bradshaw was named tournament director.
0: That that should be interesting.
1: <laughs> that, that should be interesting. Um, so you know we'll, you? we'll be dropping we'll, we'll be dropping uh, shield masks and. Uh, you know, playing my intro song everywhere I go, I guess.
0: Are you are you gonna have the quick uh, the quick rain delay trigger finger, where it's like one drop of rain up, oh, game. That's it.
1: Well, it, it only matters what my pitching staff looks like at the moment.
0: That's a fair point. Uh,
1: yeah, because you matters.
0: you you lost a couple guys, didn't you? Yeah, and
1: the, <laughs> I think I told you. Uh, I I doubt any of my all-star parents are listening to this podcast. Um, I think I told you, out of my 14 kids, I had about five who were legitimate all-stars. I've lost two in the last three weeks, and unfortunately, two it was two of them were of those five who were legit all-stars. Oh god! I've got about three kids who I'd love to lose, and just they're not going anywhere. (laughs) They're fine. You need to you need to get
0: one of those uh, magical item thingies where you can transfer injuries from one person to another. Like Billy, you don't understand. You're you're invaluable to me in the sense that you can take this person's injury away from them. It's gonna hurt a little bit, but it'll be your best contribution you can make.
1: Trust me, we'll get you a trophy. Yeah.
0: Everybody gets
1: a trophy. Oh, God. Yeah, so we're, we're going hard and heavy into, into some baseball. So big, big times coming up here in the southern end of Edgecombe County. Well, that'll be
0: fun to keep up with that, with all the other big, big tournaments going on. Uh, but before we delve into those and the rest of today's podcast, uh, reminder, you can check us out on a myriad of social media sites. You can get us on Twitter, at All New Sport Show. Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash allnewsportsshow. Email is allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. And please send your letters, send your texts, send your parcels to 1701, Suite 20... oh, 1701 Sunset Avenue. It might help if you know the street name. 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. If you'd like a less butchered version of that, please check out the description of today's episode. All the information is there
1: and then of course for those folks out in the world uh, the east coast sunset you know not to be not to be uh confused with sunset boulevard of uh los angeles fame we're we're the east side sunset
0: so. east coast is beast coast not to uh not to date this podcast but i thought i'd let you know right now and not that this game matters at all to anybody but uh right now through uh the first 15 minutes of game three of the nba finals the spurs are 17 of 19 from the field those no Spurs. It's uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty that's pretty good. It's uh it's they they already hit the uh, half century mark. So um, great job for such an
1: exciting hot pace basketball game. Oh, they yeah. they're
0: they're, on, they're only on pace to score about 160 points. So it, it could be interesting. Um but the most boring
1: 160 points ever scored in the
0: <sighs> But first from going to a tur- the biggest tournament that no one cares about, to the smallest tournament that everyone does care about, and I'm not talking about Pine Top hosted Cal Ripken League Baseball anymore. I'm yeah. talking about College World Series. It's we're we're going to Omaha, Wes. We are we're going to Omaha in 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 mind only. We're not getting plane tickets.
1: Oh, and, and by the way, just to clarify what you just said, the biggest tournament no one cares about. You and I literally might be the only people who don't care about it because everybody else does, apparently. Well, because when it's a, when that game's over, my timeline on Facebook absolutely explodes one way or the other.
0: Well, doesn't everybody only care about it because everybody either wants to see LeBron win or lose? Like, like is there any other reason people would actually care?
1: Is, is it weird? Is it weird that I am literally an on-the-fence, like, uh, apathetic LeBron fan? I just I admire his talent so much. But I don't care if he wins or loses because I've already decided his—he's not better than Jordan. Oh, that's fine. I, I so don't I mean, it's, it's like okay, win—I don't really care at this point.
0: <laughs> See, here's the problem: you think that way, I think that way. The the, the loudest voices in America don't think that way, and that's <laughs> no, the problem. No, no.
1: Here so, we are talking soccer and college baseball and.
0: Things yeah, that actually it's That's added.
1: definitely not leaving any of those fine ESPN shows.
0: No, it's really not, unfortunately. Uh, but getting to Omaha, we have an official bracket now. Um, we were talking before we started. Uh, while we didn't do very good, I did better than you, but we didn't do very good in our bracket predictions. But last week, uh, I got seven out of eight predictions. You got six to eight, so we, we turned it around pretty well. It was a comeback. Don't don't call it a comeback. Been here for years. Oh, hell yeah. Um, But just want to let you guys know out there, uh, Louisville, Ole Miss, Texas Christian, Texas, and Texas Tech, UC Irvine, Vanderbilt, and Virginia are all going to be traveling to Omaha. Those games start Saturday, uh, which will be very, very fun. Uh, UC Irvine versus Texas and Louisville, Vanderbilt, uh, will be coming your way on Saturday. Sunday will be Texas Tech versus TCU and Ole Miss versus Virginia. Um, some very good super regional action, though, Wes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you were able to catch any of it.
1: Uh, very little. Every now and then I was able to pop in. I was keeping up with it on my phone best I could. Just a very busy weekend here around the Bradshaw uh, estate. Oh, of course.
0: And uh, I was, as, as I mentioned on the last pod, I was actually in Virginia this past weekend. Uh, cheering on the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, I saw them go down on Saturday, five four to Maryland, uh, but then rebound for a seven three win on Sunday, and then on Monday I got to listen to the radio call because I don't get ESPNU, and uh, they they handily won eleven to two in Maryland's last ACC competition, so. All I got to say is don't let the door hit you on the way out, Maryland. It's it's way. Exactly.
1: Bit- um, I believe everyone in the every ACC fan, regardless if you're Virginia Tech or you grew up, you know, hating Virginia because of Ralph Sampson or whatever reason you had, I believe every true ACC fan, uh, had pulled out, you know, every voodoo doll, everything they had to try to pull Virginia through because how crappy would it have been to have to watch Maryland in the College World Series? When they're basically thumbing their nose at you on the way out the door.
0: Oh, it, it was terrible. And uh chance of ACC rang through Davenport Field yesterday uh, once Virginia had the lead squarely in hand. So they will be going back for the third time in five years. I uh, also want to mention uh, the fewest national seats to ever make Omaha. Two national seats made it. They were Virginia and Texas Christian. Uh, this eclipses the previous record of three set just last year and uh, another year. But, yeah, only two out of the eight national seeds have made it to Omaha. So it's going to be a very, very interesting College World Series coming up here. Um, of course, they now play at TD Ameritrade Park after the last couple years. Um, and just a quick look at the participants a little more in depth. Um, Texas Christian, UC Irvine, and Vanderbilt are all coming for only the second time in program history. Uh, Louisville and Virginia have been twice before. Uh, Texas Tech has never been. Ole Miss has been four times. And then Texas has been one, two, uh, 87 minus 53. So it's going to be 34 Ah, uh, their last time was in 2011. Quite a lot.
1: So, so, so literally, Texas has been more than all other seven teams combined.
0: They've been more seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. They've been more than all the other teams combined and doubled, doubled. Double. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are also the only team in Omaha to have won. Texas has won six times. Uh, the best finishes for the rest of the group are some thirds. Uh, for Texas Christian, UC Irvine. Vanderbilt and Virginia. In fact, Vanderbilt and Virginia actually both finished third in 2011. Um, And you you threw up an 80 number a minute ago for Texas. Texas has 82 wins in in Omaha. Ah, Uh,
1: that was what I was thinking. Of course that's what I was thinking.
0: Of course it was. Combined, the rest of the teams have 14 wins in Omaha. Absolutely uh, staggering numbers.
1: It's, it's it's Texas baseball, man. That's it's just Texas. That's Texas and everything. You know, football. They're a massive powerhouse. Baseball. They're a massive powerhouse. Basketball. They're well, they have a basketball team. And yeah. Good for them for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just Texas. They're they are really the biggest athletic program in the country. Well,
0: the question becomes then, uh, one bracket is, like we said, UC Irvine, Texas, Louisville, Vanderbilt. The other is Texas Tech, TCU, Ole Miss, and Virginia. Wes, who do you see coming out of each side of the bracket to play for the national championship?
1: Well, let's stick with who we we're just talking about. I think Texas is going to come out of their side of the bracket. Um I believe you're going to see Texas TCU for the opportunity to go to the national championship game.
0: Uh, TCU is not in that one.
1: Oh, excuse me. I'm very sorry. Well, you said Texas tech is over there.
0: No, uh, it's UC Irvine.
1: And I'm sorry,
0: UC Irvine, Texas Louisville Vanderbilt.
1: I'm sorry. I had that backwards. Uh, I was, I was thinking Texas and Vanderbilt uh, Ah. go to go to the championship series Uh, And I just think at the end, you know, Vanderbilt, one of those teams, you just kind of always wait for Vanderbilt to melt down. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think the pedigree of the Texas Longhorns is going to get them into the championship series. Uh, On the other side, I believe you're going to see Virginia and TCU battling it out to get into the championship series. And I think after, well, after the regionals were over last week, I picked Virginia to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing changed for me against Maryland this weekend. Maryland, Maryland, a lot better than people give them credit for. Uh, kind of, I think they kind of caught Virginia napping in game one.
0: Yes, but yes Virginia
1: they did. responded. I they responded the way they were supposed to. One games, two and three, especially three going away. Uh, I'm not changing my pick. I think we're going to have a great three game uh, Texas Virginia championship series.
0: I I am going to agree with you on pretty much everything you just said. So boring podcast all around. I I think I think Louisville might be a surprise team. I think they have enough offense, and like you said, with Vanderbilt sometimes melting down, mm-hmm. I think you could see Louisville Texas uh, in the winners bracket championship of that of yeah, that top bracket
1: in the Charlie Strong Invitational.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, ooh. Oh, oh, oh. Wheels within wheels West Bradshaw I like that I'll
1: do what I can
0: oh i think that i think i think louisville has a chance to surprise some people um i don't know how much you can surprise people when you're uh, you were a number one seed in your uh, in your pool and then you pretty much throttled uh kennesaw state in your super regional but you know not a lot of teams uh not a lot of people out there know about louisville uh but they're going to be in the acc of course next year so goodbye maryland hello louisville uh in the bottom half of the bracket i think you hit the nail on the head i think it's going to be tcu virginia Ole Miss can hit a little bit, uh, but it seemed like their pitching staff got very overworked against La Lafayette in this past Super Regional. Uh, Texas Tech, Texas Tech won a pair a pair of one nothing games against College of Charleston, and I think if you had gone to any College of Charleston fan before that Super started and said, "Hey, in this Super Regional, you're only going to give up two runs to T- to Texas Tech," I think every College of Charleston fan would have. Immediately book tickets to Omaha. <laughs> Not to be, though. So Texas proves they can win close games, but I think TCU is just better. And I, I think they're going to overwhelm them. So I think it's going to come down to Virginia, TCU, and then Virginia, Texas in my title game as well. And I think Virginia takes it in game three. Are, are, so you didn't give, actually give us a prediction. You said it was going to be three good games in the championship. Are you staying with Virginia oh, or are you going no, go to quit
1: Texas? I, I, said, I said I was sticking with Virginia. In my okay.
0: Alrighty then. Well, it is going to be fun. I am going to be curled up in the fetal position for most of this uh, as long as Virginia still in it.
1: I will probably be watching the World Cup.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and uh, as we'll get to, I mean, just a real quick, uh, let's see. Oh god, this is these are all in local time. Fan, oh, change to your time. Thank you, FIFA. Um you have no idea what my local time is. Oh,
1: I have I have a great side. I think it was actually of all things uh, to laugh about, I believe it was a Vanity Fair article that uh, has all the start times Eastern. Okay. Ooh,
0: let me, let me check that out. I did see, uh, as, as you can see, this is our excellent segue into the World Cup coverage. Um,
1: uh, variety, Ed. Variety.
0: I was about to variety. go to Vanity Thank you. Thank you for saving me from having to go to Vanity Fair. Um, I was
1: to see a shirtless Ronaldo.
0: Of course you did. Uh, did you see the Vogue? Uh, article by our our Lord and Savior Raj Bennett with uh with talking with the uh the the various uh, Brazilian models.
1: I'm gonna let you tell the folks about that because uh, I didn't really read the article yet. I I just enjoyed the pictures.
0: Oh oh and what what pictures they were with uh Adriana Lima, Alessandro D'Ambrosio and two other models who I forget their names, and I don't have the article up in front of me because I didn't plan this ahead of time. So <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was actually a pretty cool article uh, getting inside the minds of uh, of it's of how entrenched soccer is in Brazil, uh, even these these four incredible star supermodels. Uh, are still enthralled by the game and they grew up with it and everything. So it's kind of nuts. But back to what I was going to talk about. Well, uh, on Sunday, which is when...
1: I'm sending you the link to the variety just in case.
0: No, I got it. I got it. And uh, uh, (laughs) it actually works out well because uh, on Sunday, the last game is at 6, which means it'll be over probably just after 8 o'clock, which means I can then watch Virginia Ole Miss. So this will be perfect. Um, so that is our transition. Uh, enjoy ro- uh, future Rosenblatt, aka TD Ameritrade Park. Uh, enjoy Homer's not being hit there, thanks to the new bats and the gigantic dimensions out there.
1: Enjoy everything dying in the so-called power hours.
0: Yes, absolutely. Hope for gigantic wind gusts.
1: That will transi- transition
0: us to this fantastic variety uh, World Cup twenty
1: fourteen schedule, Wes. And this is all Eastern Times on. Thank God. This uh, 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 just to throw it out. This has already become my all-time favorite World Cup, just because Rio and Brazil are basically one hour ahead of us, which means no three a.m. kickoffs uh, from Japan.
0: It's gonna be every every game day starts at at the earliest it starts is noon. I can do noon. I can do nude.
1: And people said they weren't looking out for the United States with this. Come on. This is this is basically as good as we're getting for the time being.
0: Pretty much until 2022 when the US gets to host it. Um overset bladders
1: bloated dead body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what one can hope and dream, Wes? One can hope and dream. Uh, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually run through the World Cup schedule leading up to what would be our next uh recording session, which would be next Tuesday night, of course. Uh, uh peeling back the curtain here, guys, we recorded these on Tuesday nights. Crazy. Um, after,
1: after the baby goes to sleep,
0: there you go. After the baby goes to sleep. And uh, before I have to get up for a, a 5.45 alarm in the morning to go host a morning show. My, my morning shows have been great recently. Hey, Lenny Kravitz. Um, but right now, so we're going to tell you all the games that will be coming up, where you can watch them, what time, whatever. And then we're going to pick a match of the day to kind of break down a little bit farther from each day. Because uh, some have three, even four games a day. So instead of talking about every game, we're going to just take one game from each day and talk about it um which is really easy on this thursday uh, at 4 p.m we kick it off with brazil versus croatia at arena corinthians in sao paulo which may or may not be finished uh and that's not even a podcast time lapse thing it literally might not be finished by the time the game starts uh you can watch it on espn uh Obviously, the only game on Thursday. West. let's talk about it. The opening game, Brazil-Croatia. Uh, does Brazil come out like a house of fire in Braz- and beat Croatia 3-0? Or could we see something a little closer?
1: I think at the end of the day, Brazil is going to pull away in that match. But I, the first 20 minutes can be very interesting. It's all about Brazil's mindset. Croatia is talented. They are talented. You know, uh, Marco, Mario Mandzukic. Uh, the uh, striker for Bayern Munich, uh, Ivan Rakitic is uh, the new hot item uh, on the way to Barcelona. Apparently, uh, of course, the guy that you're very familiar with, former Tottenham um, midfielder and current Real Madrid um, superstar Luka Modric pulling the strings there. Right, that is a very talented group. Now, I didn't even I did not pick them to come out of the stage out of the group but I think for the first 20 minutes of that match if Brazil is not locked in ready to go I'm not saying they will lose I think eventually they will pull away and win it but uh, I think Croatia could put a scare in Brazil just to start that one off as a I'm saying wouldn't be shot to go to halftime one-one
0: as a Spurs sidebar is it sad that halfway through your description of Luka Modric I was thinking wait Gareth Bale doesn't play for Croatia
1: he might as well at this point because he's certainly never going to the World Cup as a Welshman oh, poor, poor guy that's that, that
0: might be the one the one sad thing about the World Cup can, can can we get him some US citizenship does he have any German blood in him
1: well I'm telling you this is my this is my the crux of my argument for team Great Britain mm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know you go to team Great Britain suddenly those hasty uh, Islanders Not quite as uh, maybe underwhelming as some might think.
0: That could be interesting. Uh, Back to Brazil, Croatia. I think, if anything, Brazil could come out too hyped. And I think that could hurt them a little bit. I think they could come out wanting to set the world on fire. I think they could come out feeding off that home crowd and just go absolutely nuts and have very poor possession, which Croatia could take advantage of. Now, that said, like youth believe, Brazil, I think, would eventually calm down and would eventually win, probably going away somewhere in the 2-1-3-1 region. Um, But yeah, that first opening 15, 20 minutes could be very nervy for Brazil, either taking them too lightly or coming out way too amped up. So it will be interesting to see. Just what we're saying is if Brazil, you look on your phone and Brazil's down 1-0 at the 14-minute mark, nobody panic. Nobody. Let me, can.
1: let me say this about Brazil. You know, one thing, one thing about Brazil that is somewhat interesting, and we saw it on a much smaller scale this year with Manchester United, is that the fans not only expect you to win, but they expect you to win with style. They expect mm-hmm. you to play a certain type of game. You know, um, and that's one thing. Other than the fact that, you know, he's a Absolutely horrendous manager. Um, that's, one, that's one problem that David Moyes actually had this year was, uh, you know, if United had started losing games three to two or four to three, I think he'd still have a chance to be there because they would be saying, well, you know, at least we're scoring goals. We'll sure. Obviously, we need to shore up that defense. We'll do that and things will be okay. But the problem with United was, you know, with Moyes, they were playing so conservatively and there was no impetus to go down and try to put on a good show. The United fans like a show, same as Brazil. You know, there was there was a World Cup I almost want to say it was uh was the USA 94 where that team was actually you know, kind of looked down upon, they because they won it but they didn't win it with style. They didn't win it with pizzazz and flash. Brazilian fans want to see the tricky plays, they want to see the Crossovers. They want to see the the highlight real plays over and over, but then they also want you to shut them down defensively and win. So yeah, I'm tell you, there's going to be pressure on this Brazil group this year. I, th-
0: I think that if there was ever a team that could get a pass from Brazil for not playing beautiful football, it'd be this one because I think this country is so starved to have this World Cup go their way that I I think to an extent they just won't care. Like if they win ugly, but they win the World Cup, nobody's gonna care. And I I I, I, I completely well, agree with what you're saying. Though like
1: if you if you win it, if they win it, I think the people will take it. But you know, as as I told the people last week, Argentina is gonna beat Brazil in the final, mm. and suddenly, you know, if Brazil didn't do everything in a pretty way, that that's almost gonna be as big a call on their head as losing the tournament was. Well, you lost, but you didn't lose. In a spectacular way. You didn't lose playing, uh, whatever they say, Jogo Bonita, the beautiful game. Jogo Bonita. Yeah. What, how,
0: or, or as we would say it, Jogo Bonita.
1: Jogo Bonita. I knew me at Bonita once. I knew her.
0: Oh, Jogos. you you so Bonita.
1: Jogos and Bonitas. But that's going to be something to keep your eye on. And the thing is, I believe, like you, if they go ahead, if they win, they'll be fine. But if if for some reason that match ends one one or nil nil, not only will the draw once again. I think with a draw they'll still go through. They should still be okay. But suddenly, if you're drawing and it's not fun and up tempo and the energy that they want to see and the way they want to see it played, that's just another thing that goes against you.
0: And of course, if they do draw that match, that would make brazil mexico the second game for each team just huge huge because you gotta figure you gotta figure brazil would be able to beat cameroon at least so all of a sudden with one point potentially four points projected that third mat that's that middle match is just absolutely crucial for both teams really and it could be very very interesting moving on to friday Uh, At noon, we will have Mexico versus Cameroon at Estadio das Dunas in Natal, ESPN2. At 3 p.m., we will have Spain versus Netherlands at Arena Fontanova in Salvador on ESPN, a replay of the 2010 World Cup final. And at 6 p.m., Chile versus Australia at Arena Pantanal in Cuiaba on ESPN2. Um... I think the match of that day is Spain Netherlands. Uh, oh, do you? Do you have uh,
1: a- <laughs> How often do they ever start the tournament with a rematch of, of yeah. four years ago's final? That's your obvious match of the day.
0: Yeah, I think I think Mexico and Chile probably get fairly easy wins that day. Um, so let's let's talk about Spain Netherlands.
1: Well, that said, is anything really easy at this point for Mexico? No.
0: Oh God, no. Not at all Of course also the big news there this week Chicharito will not be starting So it will be interesting to see how After falling out of favor somewhat At Manchester United Now not doing much for the national team We'll see how much he
1: has He has has played the role well At United in the past Of being a super sub Mm -hmm. So um, just something to keep your eye on Sometimes I think not starting can be a blessing In disguise for some guys
0: did, uh, did Landon Donovan read that article in the paper and just kind of silently shake his head? Should have been him. Yeah, should have been him.
1: Yeah, I, I, could, I could see Landon Donovan showing up uh, in a Mexico jersey.
0: Oh, God. oh, the ultimate heel turn. Does
1: Landon Donovan become this week's Seth Rollins?
0: <sighs> we'll get to that later. Um, so, uh, so let's talk about Spain Netherlands, though. I'm too... Two teams and a little bit of not totally sure what we got here. Spain, still very strong. Still the number one team in FIFA's rankings, but a little older and a little slower. Netherlands, still very talented, but some interpersonal issues threatening to derail and blow this team up. Um, how, How does each team come out knowing that this is a very tough group? Australia may be an afterthought but Chile could very well win this entire group.
1: Well, of course, I picked Chile and uh, Spain to go through on this. I've I'm, i I'm just got a bad feeling about the Dutch this year. Um, Schneider, Van Persie, they split the locker room. They despise each other. And to top it off, they're both hurt at the moment. Both are expected to play, but neither are at 100%. So not only do they hate each other and don't want the other to succeed, they're both hurt. So that 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 just that can't be a good thing for the Dutch. I still think they're going to be a little leaky at the back. Um, I'm I'm just not feeling for the Dutch as far as the Spanish. I think Spain. I think Spain's kind of like um, the Boston Celtics were the year they won the they well not the year they won a World Championship. But two years later, when they were back in the finals and lost to the Lakers in seven, obviously they had lost a step. Obviously they were not the team that they were when they won the title, but they still had enough really good veterans. The leadership, the experience was amazing. It was second to none. And it was good enough to get them within sniffing distance of winning the whole thing. And um, I I think Spain's going to be just fine. Diego Costa he may play in that first game he should play in the tournament uh he's going to give them a little more firepower but i'm sorry xavi iniesta busquets pk those guys They're god they're so good and they are older but they're so good and it'll be the first match i think they'll be uh, they'll be fresh and ready to go
0: so here's here's the question then what would be the bigger shock brazil to lose to croatia or spain to lose to the netherlands
1: uh, Brazil to lose okay. to Croatia just because you're the home team and because Brazil is coming in riding high, Spain is coming in with some question marks.
0: Okay, I think.
1: And, and also, and also, uh, you remember Spain, of course, in 2010 won the whole thing and lost their first game to uh, Switzerland.
0: Oh, that that, that
1: is true. <laughs> but they have proven that it doesn't really matter if they lose the first game. <laughs>
0: Well, and it will be a tough group, but uh, you you think they'd be able to get at least three from Australia? Could be a little nervy then if they lose that first match, and then maybe have to play uh, Chile to at least a draw, if not an outright win to go through. But it will be very interesting. Um, just one more thing on the Dutch: Is this World Cup a referendum on Louis Van Gaal, or 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 should this just be a separate issue from what he's about to do at Man U?
1: No, it's going to be a separate issue. I mean, international football to uh, domestic it's I mean, it's a completely different monster. You can't you can't say, well, he didn't get the best out of this group. You know, in international football, yes, you're able to pick, but you're not you're a, you're very limited with the group that you're actually able to take. Where, I mean, this guy he's going to Man United. They're literally trying to buy everyone under the sun. And he's getting to – he's picking his targets at United. So, I mean, that's all thing. he's picking his targets at United. Um, he's going to get a good number of those targets. And it's going to be his team to build. You can't really build a national team like you can your club team.
0: That being said, don't, don't tell that to any Manchester United fan because they're going to be looking at this very closely to see how he performs how he sets up his team, how he handles this team. I think having so much inner turmoil with his team, uh, the Dutch I'm talking about right now, will will be a very interesting first draft of how he might handle the locker room at Manchester United. And of course, Van Gaal, uh, being a very strict disciplinary in the past, we'll see maybe if he loosens the reins, maybe if he tightens that up a little bit. Uh, I think that could be a decent precursor to what he might have to handle at Manchester United with a lot of aging veterans on that team that could potentially also divide a locker room, but that again is this Friday, so a great match there. This Saturday, four to choose from all day, all day.
1: There's only one match on Saturday. Go ahead.
0: That's true. Uh, Colombia Greece starts us off at noon at Estadio Maniero at Melo Horizonte on ABC. At 3 p.m., Uruguay and Costa Rica at Estadio Castello in Fortaleza, also on ABC. It's, then it's we...
1: gonna be right here in Britain. Musburger do soccer. Oh, I can't wait.
0: You're looking live at Estadio <laughs> Castello, Fortaleza.
1: Oh, oh so... there's Luis Suarez's wife. Hello.
0: <laughs> oh, poor Brent. Uh, oh, God,
1: Britt Mo- Britt Musburger in Brazil at the World Cup. Wow. Oh, we ah. talked
0: about we talked about prostitutes earlier.
1: Uh, We do talk about prostitutes, but you know, Brent has an eye for the young ladies.
0: Yes, he does. Uh, And and Brazil has no shortage of them in the stands. And Uh,
1: uh, Brent Musburger, we do not believe will be in Brazil for the world.
0: No, no, he's not on the call. Uh, At 6 p.m., it will be England versus Italy at Arena Amazonia in Manaus. Our first look at the. Jungle climate that will be Manaus over on ESPN. And at 9 p.m., Cote d'Ivoire versus Japan at Arena Pernambuco in Recife on ESPN. Ah, well, I wanted to go Ivory Coast, Japan, but I guess we're going to do England, Italy.
1: I no, you would. Uh, by the way, the uh, temperature high in Manaus on Saturday... Uh, is 89 degrees uh, in Manaus, which hey, that sounds pretty good. Of course, um, the humidity level is going to be about 82 percent. Okay. So all week it has been. I've been keeping up with this, folks. You know, I'm I'm getting on it now. Uh, all week, you know, the highs down in Manaus have been uh, 82, 83. That doesn't sound bad. But the heat index is hovering around 100.
0: Oh, this will be this will be perfect prep for Cutter uh, in 2022. But uh, more importantly, at least if there's any sort of maybe silver lining here, at least your game will be at 7 p.m. local time, I so mean, sun down a little bit. Maybe it'll have cooled off. Probably won't do anything to the humidity, but at least, at least maybe it'll be a little less direct t- sunlight on their fragile, fragile white bodies.
1: Taking a look right now at Manalis uh, at local time right now in on Manalis, 11:21. It is 81 degrees, the dew point is 75 is uh, 75, the humidity is 84%, feels like 86 degrees at 11:30 at night.
0: So it's going to be still a little sticky.
1: <sighs> oh, sticky it will be. It will
0: but remember, Italy has to play in the same conditions.
1: <laughs>
0: just, just 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 like Cristiano Ronaldo has to play in the same conditions against the United States. In Manaus, it's it's it, it's going to affect both teams, uh, and dare I say, Wes, does that maybe favor England with the more athletic side?
1: Well, that is one thing about England, man. and actually, that's something as well that Italy did. Italy left some really big names, some national legends at home, and I'm not talking about Rio Ferdinand on the back end of his career like England did. I'm talking, uh, you know, Francisco Totti. Uh, you know, one of the best forwards in – or attacking midfielders in all of Serie A for the last decade, who's still playing top of his game. Um, Italy picked their team based on the fact, man, we've got to play in this kind of heat in Brazil. So Italy's going to be well prepared. But this this is just where I feel right now there's no pressure on England. England is uh, being under – you know, really underwhelming going in. Um, they've been solid as a, as an England fan, I've been very pleased with the friendlies leading up to it. They've been solid, not spectacular, but, uh, the, the big question right now around England is what do you do with Wayne Rooney? Do you play him on the left? Do you play him as a number 10 or do you play him as a, uh, as your number one, your upfront striker? Yeah, those are the big questions going on right now around the England camp. But if they can just slot Rooney into the right spot, everyone else agrees around there that this is a very solid England team.
0: Yeah, very, very good. A lot of good athletes. A lot of good scorers from the Premier League this season. Uh, the back line might be a little subject, but still, this is a team that can wear you out and score a ton of goals.
1: So, And what's going to be scary about them is, uh, however, they do decide to line up there's a chance you could be bringing some sort of a combination of Raheem Sterling and Ross Barkley off the bench a 19 and a 20 year old who are absolutely full of blistering pace, uh, fantastic on the ball and both have a, have a nose for scoring. Um, so, you know, you think about bringing, you think, I mean, you think about being in Manalus and, uh, you know, all that sapping heat and then in the 70th minute, you know, Woy can go over to the sideline and, well, suddenly here comes Raheem Sterling, maybe the most informed player in the Premier League over the last three months of the league, who is just literally faster than anyone Italy has.
0: Well, so here's my thing: if
1: Italy is probably the
0: toughest opponent England's going to face in their group, no disrespect to Uruguay, no, no. Um, can England lose in Manalis? And still advance. Do, do you still give them a good shot if they lose against Italy uh, with Uruguay and Costa Rica still upcoming?
1: As an England fan, I have to believe. Okay. My problem is I picked Uruguay and England to come out of the group. So now you're telling me that if we lose to Italy, that suddenly um, Uruguay has to figure out a way Uruguay and Costa Rica have to take some points off of Italy to hold Italy down to get both of them through. Uh, I believe England can if they lose to Italy. Um, I believe they can take three off Costa Rica, and uh, I believe they could go take three off of Uruguay, uh, I, and I, be- I believe that will happen. I'm crazy as I, crazy as it seems, I'm looking for an England draw against Italy and two wins. I'm looking for seven points from England to go through.
0: I, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think obviously Costa Rica while they could end up being a wild card, I think they're just not talented enough to hang with these three other teams. Uh so okay. you got to imagine three points there. And then Uruguay I I think they're kind of ripe for the picking. I think people are kind of jumping on them because of Luis Suarez and Suarez
1: it's not not 100% ex- at all. Right exactly.
0: Now. That's one big issue and Two, this is a talented side, but it's not a a side that's as solid all the way through pretty much as England or Italy. So I think that you could definitely see England getting even six points if they lose to Italy. And Mm -hmm. six points certainly would be enough to go through.
1: You would think. you You would think.
0: You would think. Um, so that is what you have to look forward to on Saturday. On Sunday, uh, at noon, we get started with Switzerland versus Ecuador at Estadio Nacional Mane Garincha in the capital of Brasilia. That will be on ABC. Excuse me. On 3 p.m., it will be France versus Honduras at Estadio Rio in Porto Alegre. Hi, Mom! On ABC. And at 6 p.m., Argentina versus Bosnia-Herzegovina at Estadio de Maracana. Rio de Janeiro. That will be at ESPN. Um, I've been picking the games. Obviously, we were going to do England in the last one. Which one of these three would you most be excited for, Wes?
1: Oh, where would I come in? I really... Well, Argentina, of course, they are my pick to win the tournament. Um, So I'm going to be really excited to see them play. And also, I think I had thrown in there that... I think Bosnia can be a team that can really give some people some trouble. So that's going to be one that I'm – I think that's going to be the one that I'm really interested in seeing, is that Argentina-Bosnia matchup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bosnia, don't forget about Herzegovina. Don't sleep on <laughs> Herzegovina.
1: Please forget Herzegovina.
0: <laughs> uh, they're going to be coming in. They are the debutantes of this Copa del Mundo, and I think that they could – this to come in and have to play maybe one of the three best teams in the entire tournament – could be I think it's all going to be good for them if you win you have or or even if you draw you have this huge uplifting power and if you lose well you lose to one of the tournament favorites and oh by the way your group's not very strong you also have Nigeria and Iran two teams you should be able to be pretty good against especially Iran mm-hmm. so not a death knell for Bosnia to lose against Argentina, and if they win, the, the, it's amazing. And oh, by the way, you get to play in the biggest stadium of the tournament to start off with. Uh, I think that this that game is only a win for Bosnia, and is almost a. It's almost like when we see in uh, college football a Division One team. Division 1A team play a 1AA team, or Mm. FBS versus FCS, whatever they call it now. Argentina is the FBS team that everyone expects to win, and Bosnia is the team playing with nothing to lose as an FCS team. Hey, you know, if we don't beat them, we got some great experience, and now let's go win our other two games. If we beat them, holy crap, we we might have something here.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, you know, we call that the biggest game of the day for us but i think we're also kind of both of the uh, thought that whoever loses is still going to go through
0: well yeah absolutely this is this is a matchup and that's why i think this matchup is so interesting this is more of a reflection of how either of these teams could do going forward and i think that that's what's most interesting about this uh the other two matches i think are pretty interesting uh, I, i'm interested to see i have almost no clue about Switzerland. And I've been mm-hmm. saying they're fairly overrated in terms of their FIFA ranking for this entire time. So mm-hmm. I'll be very interested to see how they do against a pretty good uh, South American side in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And then of course we got to see if, if France is going to be the the world beaters now that they took the last world cup off, they're back on again. And you actually had them going to the final four so it's going to be very interesting to see how they do against Honduras. If
1: that's the thing we should know after match one, <laughs> or we should <laughs> at least have an idea of what we get out of France. Yeah. Um, with the French real quick, big, big, big injury hit for them. Mm. Uh, they have lost yes. uh, Franck Ribéry. Yep. Um, and for that team, I think Ribéry may have been kind of your talisman on that team. He was – you know, he's the one who's won Europe. He's been here before. He's such a big time player. But luckily for France, they are loaded. Yes. But I mean, replacing a guy like Ribéry, that's just uh, that's not gonna be an easy task for them, but I still I still think the French are up for it. I still think they're up for the fight. It's gonna make them the first French in a long time up for a fight.
0: But um so, on to Monday, uh, a big day, some fantastic games on Monday uh, at noon in Arena Fontenova in Salvador on ESPN, Germany versus Portugal, uh, a match you could genuinely see as maybe being a deep tournament, you know, maybe even semifinal, final match, nope, first first game off for these two teams, at 3pm, a little less enticing, Iran versus Nigeria at Arena Daibashida in Curitiba. That's on ESPN. And then at 6 p.m., USA, USA. They will be looking to shake the demons of Ghana and Estadio das Dunas and Natal on ESPN. I think the more interesting game is Germany-Portugal, and that's coming from somebody who who is gung-ho on this United States team. So I I think we're going to see how healthy Cristiano Ronaldo is. We're going to see how much Portugal has in the tank. They won big... Uh, on the day we're recording this podcast, a big 5 1 win over a team who I do not know of right now because my phone has died.
1: Um, I'll bring it up for you real quick, friendo.
0: Thank you. I I know it was a 5 1 win, and I know, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo came off in the 70th minute.
1: Hey, they defeated the Irish.
0: Oh, there you go. So, those, 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 those limeys. Um, so, interesting challenge there. I, I do not know if you watched it. I watched it Friday night uh, from the hotel in Charlottesville, the Mexico-Portugal game, which Portugal won in extra time uh, in the second half. Neither team looked great. Uh, now, Ronaldo did not play in that game for Portugal, but... Um, but that, one, that was actually a game that gave me a little hope that oh, maybe Portugal not as great without Ronaldo as we thought. Now Ronaldo is probably going to be at full strength or as full strength as he can be going to this World Cup against Germany. But still a lot of questions to be asked. And does Germany just come out like the house of fire we think they should and uh, just dominate them? Or do we maybe see some chinks in their armor?
1: Um. 65 minutes tonight, Ronaldo played. Uh, came off at that point with the game well in hand against Ireland. Um, I, I, think, I think Portugal's going to be rocking ready to roll. Um, I mean, I think you're going to get about the best that Portugal's got. Germany, much like France, uh, losing a very important midfielder this week, Marco Royce. Um, of Bayern, or excuse me, not of Bayern, of Borussia Dortmund, Uh, really their best player this year uh, for a team that played for the Champions League final a year ago. Uh, Went down with uh, torn ligaments in his ankle in a friendly uh, at the end of last week. He is out for the World Cup. Now, luckily for Germany, you've got plenty of guys who can fill in. But, you know, you say that, but... There was a reason that Marco Royce was starting, and at the moment was probably the best player for Germany. So, you know, there there is a little chink maybe in that German armor. Uh, and of course, we've heard, you know, you've heard the rumors, you've heard the reports that you know the Germans. There's some infighting over there. There's always a little bit of fighting. You know, That's never good. Never good when the
0: Germans get to fighting.
1: (laughs) Especially for the neighboring countries, right? (laughs) Um, But, you know, the Bayern Munich guys are always kind of looked at as their own somewhat separate entity. Uh, Jurgi Lowe has done a fantastic job of getting those guys to come together now for, I believe, about six years now under Jurgi Lowe. But at the same time, sooner or later, that message can kind of – Grow a little stale. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really interested to see where Germany's heads are going to be. I've got them going out a little earlier in the tournament than, than most people, just because I think they could run into some problems uh, personnel wise.
0: It's it's going to be interesting. I think that this is this is going to be the match that that shows off who who who's going to be the winner of the group. Because as much as I love the United States, I don't think there's a who real the scenario. Sorry.
1: Excuse me, I just said USA. Oh, thank you.
0: Um, I don't think there is a scenario where the United States win the group. I do think that they finish second, but this—I mean, this could be between Germany and Portugal, who end up winning the group. And a lot of that's going to be decided who how this match goes. If they draw, I think I think Portugal needs to win. I think Germany's fine to draw, um, but I think Portugal kind of needs to win this one outright.
1: I, I agree with that. And that said, everything I just said about Germany, I still think Germany is heads and shoulders better than everyone else in this group. Um, and even even Portugal at that point, I don't think Portugal is going to win this group by any means. Um, Portugal would love to come out with a draw. But I think Portugal, for them, I think it's somewhat like that England-Italy match. You know, you could still lose that first match and, win your, and you're going to be favorites in your next two matches as well. hmm as long as Ronaldo's healthy, they're going to be favorites over USA and Ghana. Right.
0: All right, moving on to our last day we're going to get to on today's show. Uh, Tuesday, next Tuesday, it will be at noon, Belgium versus Algeria at Estadio Maniero in Belo Horizonte ESPN, our first look at both those teams. 3 p.m., the first second game of the tournament, Brazil-Mexico at 3 o'clock at Estadio Castello in Fortaleza ESPN. And at six PM, Russia versus South Korea at Arena Pantanal in Cuiaba on ESPN. I think the most, uh, I think the most interesting game in this one is Brazil Mexico. Although I could be swung towards Belgium Algeria. Just, well, to just uh, th-
1: go ahead. I'm gonna say I'm gonna disagree with you 100 percent on that. Uh, Brazil Mexico is obviously the name game, but I mean, a do you really expect Mexico to go out and beat Brazil? No, not really. Well, do you really expect Algeria to go out and beat Belgium? Probably not. I think you're sitting on, man, that Russia-South Korea game because, hey, that's one that you and I actually disagreed on who was going to finish second in that group. You know, I think right there, that's a shootout for second place.
0: That, that is true. I actually did have Russia going through. You had, had South, Korea, I had going South
1: Korea going through. South um, Korea going through. I believe that's a massive match for one of those if they want to make group stage, because if you can come out of there with three points and you leave the other guy with none, because I don't think either neither one of them should go in expecting to take three from Belgium. Mm-hmm. You should expect to take your three from Algeria. I think that I think that could be the make or break game uh, in group. I believe that's group H. Yes. I believe that's make or break is Russia, South Korea, just to kick it off.
0: Do you think, do you think there's any chance uh, Belgium doesn't get out of that group?
1: Not unless they just fall apart. Okay. I mean, they've been playing well. Talent-wise, talent-wise, they're head and shoulders above everyone else. You're not hearing that there's a lot of problems going on in there. I think, uh, I just think they have a great captain and company. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they have a great coach and the war pig himself. Um, I just, I I don't think there's a way they don't come out of that group. I don't think there's a way they don't win that group. Um, But even if for some reason they don't win it, I think they're definitely coming out as the number two team in there.
0: Well, that is what we're going to be watching for the World Cup. Of course, we're going to be watching just about every game we can. Uh, But that is the most important ones in our mind. And of course, uh, there are still a lot of big games to come after that. We'll be catching up with those next week. So please, please get excited for the World Cup. It is tremendous. Um, Finalizing our sports for the day. Uh, NBA finals, that's that's still a thing going on right now. As you're
1: actually the Spurs just set a record for the best shooting first half in NBA finals history. Yeah, they shot. Let let me get it back up here real quick 75 percent, and whopping 75.8 percent in the first half. Uh, led the Heat 71 50 at the half, and so of course, the Heat have come out and scored the first six points of the second half. Well, we, we.
0: you know the angel of stern still presides over the NBA a little bit. Can't can't have these NBA finals games being a blowout.
1: Old oh, Domagy. old oh, Tim,
0: brilliant. Uh, as for hockey, uh, we might be ent- uh, entering the most anticlimactic Stanley Cup final in history after a tremendous first three rounds. Uh, LA is threatening to win the Stanley Cup in four straight against New York. And by the time you listen to this, they might already have. So uh, it's it was a very great Stanley Cup playoffs. And, in fact, St- uh, game two of the finals was amazing. I actually watched that on Saturday night, and it was just very tense. A double overtime match, just wonderful to watch. Uh, I'm guessing you watched exactly zero minutes of it.
1: Uh, as I have all of hockey for about the last four or five years.
0: All right. Well, on that note, well, let's get to more exciting things, and you can't spell exciting without an E, and if you give me three more, you have E3. E3's going on this week. Um, in case you guys out there don't know, that is the Electronic Entertainment Expo held every year. Uh, it's the biggest uh, video game conference in the world, eh, maybe outside the Tokyo Game Show, and uh, it's easily the biggest one in America. A lot of new stuff gets announced. Most times when there's new consoles coming out, that's when they get announced. Uh, no new consoles this go around. Uh, but Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all have done their pressers as of now. Mm. Uh, did, you, did you have any big takeaways from this, Wes? Did, you, did any games uh, get, your, get your loins all lathered up?
1: Well, now, Ed, you know, of course, I've got some of things going on. Somehow this has escaped my escaped my vision. I guess the biggest question I have, Ed, what's on everyone's mind, is there a new Call of Duty coming out anytime soon? You know oh, I love the Call of Duty.
0: Oh, I know you love the Call of Duty. I, I as, as apparently a lot of people out there love the Call of Duties, unfortunately. Um, nope, there's going to be a new Call of Duty. There's going to be a new Battlefield. There is. They have shown off uh, FIFA 2015. Oh, that was talking. shown off. That and that, I gotta now, say.
1: Now, now, now it, the thickening starts to come in.
0: I thought I could get you on that one. I thought it looked very good. Uh, they're showing off some new physics engines. Uh, they're they're showing off some new AI. They showed off a new feature where uh, a more enhanced team interactions and AI. Whereas I think the the example they gave was, if your guy takes a shot when maybe he should have passed, but it's in the, like the 18th minute of a nil-nil game, your teammates will praise you and there'll be a little cutaway to them like going like, Yeah, yeah, go keep being aggressive. But if you do the same thing in like the 84th minute down to (laughs) one, they'll be like, uh, what the F, bro? (laughs) What happened here? So
1: they will go they will go what they call John Terry on your
0: (laughs) Oh John Terry. Oh, you you don't want to make John Terry mad.
1: And you don't want to let your wife her in?
0: Not at all. Not not at the same time. Um, so that was a cool thing. Uh, a lot of other cool little things. Uh, PlayStation announced their new PlayStation TV, uh, which basically means for the five of you out there who own a Vita, uh, you can now hook that up to your TV and play your Vita games on the big screen instead of on your little portable screen so that's cool i guess if you if you got the vita hey west did that's you know just,
1: that's where i draw the line on everything is portable gaming no when you're when, when you're out you need to do other things when you're home and you just don't have anything else to do play some games that's fine but when you go out please out like a functioning member of society hey west did you know vita means life that's just fantastic.
0: <laughs> it's great. Um, I also I, I did watch uh, or some of Nintendo's press conference uh, earlier, and I gotta say I was I was a bit underwhelmed. And then they showed a new Legend of Zelda, about forty five seconds of cinematic pre rendered footage, and my jaw literally dropped to the floor. Like I'm not I'm not even kidding. I I say that sometimes out of hyperbole. My jaw actually physically dropped when I watched this. It was beautiful. I don't expect any of you out there to understand, her. if you do, shoot us a tweet, shoot us a tweet, and tell me how much you loved it, too. Um, so that's what's going on. E3 is gigantic. Um, it was also very crazy this year, and of course, uh, I, I enjoyed the journalist who uh, kept track of during Sony's press conference. He started it and went through the rest of them. Uh, the number of severed heads in the press conferences versus... The number of female presenters and severed heads greatly outnumbered the female
1: presenters. Well, look at the group that we're talking about here, sir. So. Oh, no, I, Aisha Tyler was there, Wes. Aisha Tyler was there.
0: Yes. Lana. <laughs> we we love the Aisha Tyler with oh, with man. her Tyrannosaurus Rex hands.
1: I don't care for Aisha Tyler. Now, Lana, that's another story. You don't like the Aisha Tyler? Why not? I wouldn't know if she walked in right now. So. Really, can't really say I do. Uh, you I'm know,
0: gonna... you, you know what? I will also say this: as long as we're getting on an Archer tangent here,
1: Since the are, f- right?
0: first time I saw what H. John Benjamin actually looked like, <laughs> I never have seen okay. a bigger disconnect between an animated character and the appearance of his voice actor.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to tell you that. Um, I had Googled something and H. John Benjamin was in a picture and all I saw was the front of uh, the Google page. And I saw the small pictures and all I saw was a bald guy. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, I don't even want to look at this to ruin my image of Archer. So I did not click on the picture and look (laughs) at it. So I really cannot tell you what he looks like. All I know is he's bald.
0: So you didn't, you didn't see his, his short lived comedy central show. H. John Benjamin owns a van.
1: No, I did not. I did not. Um, Luckily, stayed away from that one, so uh, I, I still have a uh, really a uh, an untouched palette when it comes to my Starlog. Your
0: your virgin your virgin beliefs, but it's it's so weird because Cyril Figus actually looks a little bit like his voice actor, which for the life oh, of me I can't. That, re-
1: that is that is Chris Parnell with glasses. Yes,
0: Chris Parnell, exactly. Yes. Oh, it's it's crazy, and uh, I will say they also got uh, Jessica Walter. Pretty good. um, Who is uh, Mother Archer? I've totally forgotten her first name. Uh, Mallory, Mallory Archer. There we go. God, Archer, come back, please,
1: please. please. Of course, uh, of course, she's also famous for being the uh, matriarch of the Bluth family, and and our personal uh, favorite. Uh, shared show ever of Arrested Development.
0: Yeah, which which we once spent uh, a couple hours watching at, at the, uh, the TV station when we were uh, waiting for a meeting. There
1: you go. Oh.
0: Fantastic. Alright, um, off of that tangent though, we're going to get into some other little news here. A couple stories. Uh, soccer related, but uh, a little less of the football and what's happening on the pitch, but more what's going to be happening outside the stadium.
1: Uh, this well, is what interests me just as much because there is nothing Ed that we're about to get to, like RoboCop style armored to protect cops.
0: I I can't even imagine, and this is this is this is something. Just reading the article here, uh, this is in the Telegraph, uh, in an article by Donna Bowater. I hope I pronounced that right. I hope she's listening. (laughs) Uh, But the Major Events Police Battalion for Brazil, a branch of the military police, was formed in January this year in response to widespread public demonstration during last year's Confederations Cup. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, Rio de Janeiro will host seven games during the competition, including the final on July 13th. Um, Let me see if they get a a description of what they're wearing. Uh, The equipment also includes a helmet and vest that protects the back. Chest and shoulders, as well as space for a pistol, stun gun, handcuffs, baton, baton, and gun loader. Wes, what is a gun loader? Uh,
1: it, it is really cool. Just trust me; it's really cool. Unless you're on the end of the gun, unless you're on the uh, wrong end of the gun. Oh, of course. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, it's crazy though, uh, Lieutenant Car... Colonel Wagner Villarres, commander of the unit, said the equipment, which is reminiscent of the action character Robocop, would protect officers from missiles like the firecracker that killed cameraman Santiago Andrade earlier this year. The plastic uniform is resistant to knocks and blows underneath the plastic that covers the back and chest. There is another protective layer that absorbs and spreads the force of a blow. The armor is similar to that worn by that choke battalion, a special riot control unit.
1: Um, Ed, what you don't understand about this is that as much as you love the tech stuff that we just talked about from E3, mm-hmm. as much as that gives you the thickening, that is what tactical SWAT team gear does for me. It's, it's why you I like the Call of Duty. Love, I love tactical SWAT team uh, paramilitary style gear. It is, um, it, it's, it's truly what I go to bed dreaming about at mm-hmm. night.
0: That said, uh, and they're also um, uh, 22 pounds of armor, and it's flame-resistant up to 427 degrees Celsius, uh, which my math isn't great, but I'm pretty sure is very, very hot considering 100 degrees Celsius is boiling.
1: By the way, for everything that they're wearing, 22 pounds, that is very light. That is very mobile. Yes, which which you need when you're
0: in uh, the the uh, Manaus and and Rio and the the heat. You don't you don't want to be burdened by sweaty clothing.
1: Well, it's what you need when these crazy Brazilian um, protesters are acting like fools all around you and trying to, uh, for better terms, screw with you. You need to be able to get that baton out quickly, bash a few skulls in, and move on to the next quadrant.
0: It. <laughs> I love the use of quadrant. I love, I love a good division of quadrants uh, on a serious note. though, is, is this a little overboard or is this appropriate response in, in seriousness? Uh,
1: in serious talk, I, I actually, a gentleman that I know very well um, coaches some baseball with me is actually um, works with the SWAT team in Rocky Mount. Um, I, I I believe you cannot protect your law enforcement or your military. I believe you cannot protect them enough Um, just because they're putting their, they're putting their lives at risk to try to protect and serve the people. Whatever you may think their ulterior motives are, that is their main motive is to protect and serve. And you cannot, in an environment like we're about to go into, I don't believe you can leave them uh, exposed. Like they would be, so I have no problem. I, I, I have no problem with what they're doing here.
0: Um, any problem at all though with like the? I mean, the, a pistol, stun gun, handcuffs, baton, and a gun loader, which apparently, as you've told me, is very cool. Is is that a, is that a little much? I don't. I don't have as much problem with the defensive and the shielding <laughs> stuff, but that that seems like a lot of offensive firepower.
1: Well, now the thing is police are trained to use this as defense. Now, if you bring in the military, you're looking at a whole different, see, see what you've got to look at. The military is trained to take an objective. Police are trained to try to keep order. Mm -hmm. Police are not going to be, um, mounting, you know, armed charges (laughs) into people. They're there to try to keep order. Um, and the problem is, once like I, like I just stated a moment ago, I, I don't think you can protect or really arm them enough is the way I, I see it. And right. like I said, a situation like this where you have had problems with violence, I mean, here's the deal, Ed. If something happens, they're going to be outnumbered.
0: Yeah. They're yeah, going to be yeah. so
1: you, You've got to give them every advantage that they can try to get because they are not going to win the numbers game.
0: Well, the hope
1: is that this... And, and also, just looking at the pictures on this, um, it looks pretty freaking badass. Yeah, it does. So let, let's let's hope that any protesters or anyone who's deciding to act foolish will just take a look at it and just think twice about, wow, these guys look pretty freaking serious. I'm just not going to do this. So nothing else, you could be helping to deter. Uh, just, just by looking at them, you could be helping to deter... Um, acts of violence
0: dare I say do you, do you have the Telegraph article up in front of you that you're seeing the pictures uh, yes I do Do you, do you, the one at the top of the page the one right in the middle uh, That does that does, with the visor up do you, do you get any shield vibes from the way the, the mask looks there oh absolutely oh, I can
1: tell you I'd be wearing my skull mask underneath it if it was me I'd be wearing my I'd be wearing my baklava with uh, my skull in it Brilliant. All
0: right. Well, hopefully, they will not have to use force. Absolutely. They just, you know, it's a good Cup. You know, just hopefully, there's pro, there, if even if there's protesting, it's quiet, it's civilized protesting, just chanting. Nobody gets out. If you want to protest, hey, go for it. That's your right. Uh, you know, go for it. Just stay just safe.
1: Don't, don't be a dummy.
0: Yeah. As, as, as Linkin Park would say in the past, if, if you're in the pit and someone falls, Pick them up. Pick them up. Let's be safe out there, people. Um, all right. Going on from corruption in the streets to corruption in the sheets.
1: Must be FIFA time.
0: Absolutely. FIFA ethics head Michael Garcia won't look at new corruption allegations. Uh, and there's also a uh, Huff, Huffington Post UK blog about uh, what Damian Collins believes needs to happen in Garcia's FIFA corruption report that's coming out very, very soon. Uh, As we mentioned last week when this story broke, uh, Michael Garcia will not be considering millions of documents underpinning a new wave of corruption allegations surrounding the award of the 2022 World Cup to Qatar. Uh, It is understood that Garcia has not asked for the documents said by the newspaper to number hundreds of millions of files, including emails and accounts linked to the Qatari former FIFA vice president, Mohammed bin Hammam, which it should be noted. He was actually kicked out of FIFA for underhanded dealings when he wanted, I believe, to become vice president. So a man that not no stranger to underhanded payments. Um, those familiar with the cash say it would be impractical for him to imagine examine them before his new deadline. Days before the 2014 tournament begins in Brazil, Qatar has faced calls to be stripped of the 2022 World Cup in the wake of fresh allegations that Bin Hamam used a $5 million slush fund to not only buy goodwill for his tilt at the FIFA presidency but to aid the 2022 bid. And um, the Damian Collins article. Uh, calls uh, believes that he will say that the, that Garcia will say that there may have been suspicious payments made to individuals around the bidding process but that there is no evidence that there were uh, these were unsolicited in return for votes or support he will probably also say that while certain named individuals may have been responsible for making such payments there is no direct proof that they were doing so on the instruction of the nations who are bidding to host the World Cup which of course begs the question as to why they were doing it Um this is, we, we've joked about this, we've joked about FIFA, how much credibility, they've already lost, I think, a little bit, but if they're going to completely ignore this, all this evidence, how bad does FIFA look, and w- at what point do other organizations, be it you know the English Football Committee, which I, I'm i blanking on the name now, but the group that yeah. runs like the pyramid and stuff, and other European leagues, when do they just say, enough is enough, we don't want to deal with FIFA anymore?
1: Well, I was looking at some stuff about this earlier in the day, and just let me start off by saying that uh, Michael Garcia's entire title, which is uh, the head of ethics, and he works for FIFA, that is the biggest oxymoron you'll ever find. Yeah. He's he also like, American. Uh, FIFA have no ethics. Yeah. So um, It was American with a uh, European name, so there yeah. you go. Um, if they ever really wanted to come down to it, um, if UEFA, I mean, I mean, really, if UEFA decided to break away from FIFA, I think FIFA's dead in the water as they stand, <laughs> because Europe is such a massive part of it. Of course, I mean, it, it's, it's it's nothing. with I, I just feel they're nothing without Europe. If uh, CONCACAF. And not taking anything away from the US and Mexico. If CONCACAF said, well, we're out of here, yeah. I think they'd just say, well, okay, that kind of sucks, but we'll live. Understandable, yeah. CONMABOL, con- 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 when am I saying that right? Yeah, you got it. South America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S- if South America and Europe threatened us to-, to walk away, I think that would be the catalyst that would really go for some change. Because a without South America, life would be tough. Without Europe, there would be no life.
0: Oh yeah, I so, mean, you're if if you get rid of Bowl, you're getting rid of basically two of the most historic countries in terms of soccer playing in Brazil and Argentina, and also some but, other pretty damn good ones, including like Chile and Ecuador and the like. And then if you get rid of Europe, that that's that's the rest of it. I I, I don't have you know. Well, and those
1: are those are your big money makers. Well, and not only that, the it's... the biggest thing for FIFA. I mean, what's FIFA yep. going to push something? Uh, yep. no, no offense to him, a United States versus Australia World Cup final? No, yeah, you're right. You're right. And <laughs> I, mean, I believe, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong,
0: but no, I would say no team outside of Europe or uh, Colnebol has ever won a World Cup. Well, right? You're
1: right on. You're I mean, right I don't think the-
0: an African Nations team has ever won it. I don't believe unless Mexico won it at some point. I'm sure no, a CONCACAF not. team hasn't. Um
1: nope. I'm, and, I know... And the, and the, the Oceania has not done it. Yeah. And, and one of the problems here, one of the big problems is Africa. Yeah. Because... I'm not, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm painting an entire people here, but the African Nations... Their leaders cannot keep their hands out of the cookie bowl, out of the cookie jar. Yeah. All they want is a handout. And they will openly I mean they openly sell their votes. And it's pathetic. it's crap. You know I'm sorry, there was a reason for many years why the African nations did not have very much say in this. And of course then it comes down to well, it's racism. no, it's not. it's because they're incompetent. There's incompetent leadership down there. Um, you know, and it's, it's sad because, you know, something, as you go down that article about Garcia, you know, you look at, um, England of course was one of the finalists for, uh, getting the world cup in 2022 Mm -hmm. and David Beckham and, uh, Prince William were two of the big and the prime minister. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, they were the three delegates from England there. Well, they were told by all of these other federations, you know, hey, you've got our vote, you've got our vote. And then when it comes time to vote, <laughs> man, those votes are all gone really quick.
0: Yeah, they only got <laughs> and, one vote.
1: Some, yeah. and, and suddenly you've got Qatar, Qatar, however you want to call them, uh, a place that I really believe, I, I, you know, I believe if you go around to American schools right now, of the students are not telling you what Qatar is. They're going to think it's a video game system or a a car or something. Uh, But suddenly you've got this place that basically is working on slave labor. And suddenly they're hosting the world's biggest event. And it's so shady. It's so fishy. It's not funny. Everyone knows. I mean, it's, it's like an open secret. Everyone knows that there was... I call it treachery.
0: Yeah, it's uh, well, and not only that, but Seth Blatter has come out in in recent days and said that anyone in England who, who believes that you know the cutter is a problem is racist. Like this exactly. is a racist issue when it's not a racist issue. It's just how does a nation that has almost no soccer pedigree to speak of all of a sudden no. get all these votes. There's there's no reason, especially when you think about going up against the United States, England, Japan, and Australia, four countries, you know, maybe Japan doesn't have, have... Three
1: of those, three of those in the past have put on top-notch tournaments. Yes, absolutely. '66, USA 94, uh, Japan and South Korea in 2002. Um, Australia has
0: hosted a a summer Olympics So they know how to do it too
1: But suddenly you're giving it to a place With absolutely zero infrastructure Um, You know Zero real know-how to do it I mean the only thing Qatar has ever done In the sport is Suddenly the oil sheiks Have started buying some English teams And some French teams And just pumping a piss load of money into
0: them I mean that is
1: your extent Of what you've ever done For
0: the sport it's, it's shameful and it's, it, it's, it's sad because what, it's, it's, there's a rule on the internet and I've totally forgotten the name of it. But basically it's a rule that every, every argument on the internet keep, will keep going until to the point that someone calls the other person Hitler. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that if, if an argument goes on long enough, it will eventually reach the point where someone is called Hitler. And that's where I kind of feel like in the real world, in a situation like this is what happens. If, you keep, if, if problems and other issues keep arising, somebody's all of a sudden going to play the race card. Sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes in a situation like this, when you're the head of the organization and people are bringing up legitimate issues, there's absolutely no reason for you to bring up the race card. It's, it's stupid
1: and it's infantile. But what we're also looking at is the guy who's saying it is the most corrupt of them all. Yeah, yeah. Set bladder is such a... I'm, I'm just going to say he's such a vile piece of trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he is true Euro trash. He's such a vile piece of it that, you know, you know he's, the, he's taking these underhanded bribes with it. He's no. just as bad as anyone else. And, you know, he's... He's anti-American. He's anti-British, um, and, and, those, and the problem is those are the two who will call you. Who call you on it?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, he's basically, if you're an English-speaking nation, um, he has a problem with you. And like we said, the problem is because our media's will call him on it. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll call him on when he's full of crap. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, he it's- doesn't like being called on because he, you know, he feels that everyone should bow down to his power. And I mean they shouldn't. Yeah, he's a liar. He's a cheat. He's a swindler. He's, he's set.
0: It's 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 really sad and it's 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 sad because this is this is probably the greatest tournament in the world. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't think that there's any true question about that. You could maybe Maybe make a very passionate argument that maybe the Winter Olympic hockey tournament is is very big as well.
1: I think you could make a really good argument for the NCAA basketball tournament.
0: I think you could as well. Um, I, I think the every four years thing makes it a little more special, but uh, <laughs> although I've been I've also said that's a little long. I wouldn't mind almost it seemed shifted down to three years. But you know that's that's just because I love the World Cup and I want to see it more. Um, but I, I think it's it's just sad that especially with the way soccer is finally maybe starting to get just a little bit of momentum in America, to have something like this come up in a with like you said journalists that are going to call him out on it, you're going to hear about this probably throughout the entire tournament. ESPN's not going to shy away from it. Especially since, hey, this is their last World Cup for a while. What do they care about pissing off Sepp Blatter?
1: Yeah, I mean, really, by the time they get it back, he'll be dead.
0: So. <laughs> One can only hope. So uh, it's, it's just depressing. Oh, Wes, we're going we're gonna to move on to more depressing stuff after, after last week's terrible, disgusting, vile turn of events in Raw. We, we, we hit the point of the show. It's so raw. And this week, there was, there was that dreaded ladder match. Or is that coming up? I'm, I'm not totally sure. No,
1: no, no, no. We don't get that until the pay-per-view. Oh,
0: okay. Um, but please, it's, it's, your, it's your time. It's it's so raw.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm eating a chootsie sucker. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry to bother you on our podcast. My bad on that.
1: No problem. I'm gonna go get, get some more sweet tea in a moment. Um, this week, uh, the big the big things on Raw the two big overwhelming storylines. Um, one, of course, the continued uh, dissolution of Seth Rollins from the Shield. We'll get to that. That's a little more. That's obviously storyline based. Totally. Now, something that has become storyline based because of a real life event. And that is uh, the future of the WWE championship with Daniel Bryan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bryan, of course, in real life, it was a shoot, had neck surgery about three weeks ago. Uh, They were hoping he would make it back for the past pay-per-view, which he did not. Um, And they were hoping at the least or at the best that he would be back for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view coming up at the end of June. Well, his actual world-renowned neck specialist, Dr. Um, had a they had a video from him last night that Daniel Bryan uh, will not be recovered in time to make it to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Mm. Well, we had learned a week ago that if he could not make it, that the Money in the Bank ladder match would become for the world titles. So uh, as much as everyone hates to see, you know, and really if you've kept up with Daniel Bryan's story arc, It's been an amazing run. He's he's one of those guys. He's not your normal six foot five, two hundred seventy pound, you know, guy who you see at the gym and just stare in awe at. Right. You know, Daniel Bryan is he's five foot ten, he weighs about two hundred twenty pounds. He's uh no in very good shape, obviously. But you, wouldn't, you would not look at Daniel Bryan if you didn't know him and say, oh, that guy's the world heavyweight champion of, <laughs> of anything. You know, maybe of beard growing and pot smoking. Um, but that's why he's connected so much. And his struggle to really overcome, and in real life some, to overcome the uh, misconception that a, small, a smaller guy cannot hold the championship, it's been a great run for him. At WrestleMania, he finally gets the title and then he literally gets one pay-per-view title defense and now has to give up the title. While fans hate that because he is such a big star to them, man, you cannot turn down a seven-man ladder match for the world championship because that is going to be this side of insane. Oh, it's going to be nuts. Um, big thing is going to be who ends up in that ladder match. Um, already in it, there are four of the seven entrants have been announced. Uh, one, the Viper Randy Orton, uh, just based on his pedigree and the fact that he is uh, in evolution with Triple H, Randy Orton will be in the match. Uh, and also, thus far qualifying for the match are the United States champion, Seamus. He's not American, Sheamus. by the way. Go figure. Uh, the palest, the palest ginger you will ever see in your life, Seamus. Uh, the Mexican superstar Alberto Del Rio and the Swiss Superman Cesaro. So at this point, only one American in there, but a bunch of foreigners. <laughs> I'll bite, I'll bite very good foreigners. Uh, Cesaro, a guy, of course, a massive future, hopefully, in there. But those four in there, still three spots open. Um, they'll be interesting to see who goes into those spots because basically one of those guys is going to come out as the world champion. So you know you can't just waste it on a bunch of mid card guys and just figure who's going to be. So the next few weeks are going to be really exciting on Raw, seeing who gets into that ladder match. Um, I want to say I want to say that's um, maybe the first weekend in July. So maybe July the 6th, I believe, is that pay-per-view.
0: Well, so, that'll be, really, that would be one week from the World Cup final.
1: That would, that would. So, uh, you know, something uh, myself and other fans are really looking forward to. The other big story arc, of course, a week ago, Seth Rollins absolutely shocking the world and turning his back on uh, the shield. Since then, a couple of interviews with Rollins uh, on television. The first came on SmackDown. Um, and the other coming on Raw uh, Monday night, in which Rollins said that, it, that everything he's ever done with the Shield has been a business decision. They were never truly brothers in arms. Uh, they were just his business associates. Um, That's cold. That, that is cold. Obviously very cold. Uh, the night ended um, with the Wyatt family Taking on the two remaining members of the Shield, Dean Ambrose and, of course, Ed's favorite wrestler, Roman Reigns. Roman, pushing you for SummerSlam still. Pushing you for SummerSlam. I, I think uh, I think you're jumping on the back of the right guy to push for SummerSlam, so mm. keep that in mind. I'll, I'll keep uh, jumping
0: on him. Just keep pushing him.
1: And, of course, you know, when anyone needs a third partner, whenever when anyone needs that third guy for the six-man tag... I mean, who who gets your loins uh, nice and moist more than another show up from John Cena? We we, we started the show with
0: them, and and now now we've come full circle.
1: <laughs> well, once again, say, "Damn you, John Cena!" Uh, last night, um, as the as the end of Seth Rollins' in ring interview, uh, the Shield uh, Ambrose and Reigns did come down to quote, settle the score with Rollins. Of Of course, you know you've got to save that for the pay-per-view because you got to sell pay-per-views, and you don't give that away for free. Um, As that happened, uh, they were attacked by the Wyatts. Of course, um, Cena having beef with Bray Wyatt. Cena comes out, makes the save for the Shield, and they went into six-man tag team matchup later in the night with the Shield and Cena coming out on top. Of course, what's funny, what you have to truly understand about the shield and why I've enjoyed the shield for nearly two years, is because the shield made their name by ambushing and beating the ever loving crap out of everyone. <laughs> Including many a time, John Cena.
0: Oh. Oh, that's 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 never a problem. That's no no one ever hurts.
1: Many occasions uh, they have assaulted John Cena into oblivion, uh, but last night John Cena coming their aid unfortunately was not wearing any riot gear. Uh, was not <laughs> wearing a you know we were we were expecting maybe to see Cena wearing a specially made hustle loyalty respect lime green uh, tack vest. You know we didn't get that. Oh, no no black gloves from Cena. But at the end of the night, Raw ended with Cena holding up the hands of his two tag team partners. Uh, Reigns and Ambrose, as we got a shot backstage of an angry, disgusted Seth Rollins and his new uh compatriot Triple H vowing future revenge. Oh.
0: Well, we will be sure to keep an eye on that. Uh, before we get out of here, two things uh did happen also this week in the zeitgeist. Uh, both of what well, one of which I'm fairly confident you know nothing about. The other, you might have at least some Inklings. Nope. Uh, also, I should note, I didn't watch much of either of these, but I do know they were on. Um, first one, Tony Awards. I assume you didn't watch any of that.
1: No, I'm not big on the Broadway.
0: Yeah, I did I did watch the opening number because uh, Wolverine was in it. Uh, so I got a chance to see him do that. That was rather interesting. And uh, the second one, also going on concurrently, was uh, the Miss USA pageant.
1: Mm. Uh, i was i was seeing updates on that wish i had turned over but um, i'm trying to think what i watched obviously must have been important if i wasn't turning to miss usa
0: oh of course uh we miss nevada was the eventual winner uh i must say the uh, representative from north carolina i i hope you're not watching but uh not
1: the uh
0: not the most attractive of, of women and i know that's not all in miss usa but it's it's like 90%. So actually,
1: with Miss USA, that's a lot bigger than... That. <laughs> that is pretty damn important, actually, in Miss USA. So it's like 98%. Oh.
0: Uh, so, yeah, that's that was also happening. So congratulations to Miss Nevada, I guess. Good for you. Um, I have no... Compl- I've, I've seen her. She looks great. You know, I'm sure she's very intelligent and wants
1: to help all the kids. So good on you for that. All right, now she's going to live at Donald Trump's penthouse, and uh, if she's anything like the past one, she'll make out with Miss Teen USA on a nightly basis.
0: So so if, if she goes to Trump Towers and spends the night with Donald Trump, does that mean that uh, losing is winning and winning is losing?
1: <laughs> it's all schematics. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, everyone else. The other 49 contestants definitely locked out on that one. But again, guys, thank you for joining us. That is going to do it for us on episode six of the all-new sports show, the podcast. Uh, Stick with us as we will be, of course, throughout the entire summer running down the World Cup and every fantastic moment of it for you guys. Of course, we'll be coming back next week, and we'll also have a College World Series potential champion. Well, actually, no, we won't. We'll be right in the thick of the battle for Omaha to hoist the final trophy uh, in this cult collegiate season. Uh, and we will also talk about some other great stuff in the zeitgeist. No E3 talk next week, but the return of a few shows as well as some other great topics. And, of course, just a lot more soccer because, hey, that's that's what we love here. So, uh, Wes, anything to say before we head on out of here?
1: I'm just going to put myself over, find me on Twitter, at Bradshaw 21
0: There you go. Uh, You can find myself on Twitter at Edward Green, and of course if you want to get up with the All New Sports Show, you can do that, at All New Sports Show for the Twitter page. Facebook is facebook.com slash All New Sports Show. Email us at or email us allnewsportsshow at gmail.com and of course send your letters send your ravens send your parcels but please don't mortgage your house please do not take food off your child's plate uh, well you know unless unless you want to send us actual food we love candy I love candy I mean I, I don't want to speak for you Wes but I love candy I,
1: I, I'm literally as we speak eating candy out of my child's plate yes so.
0: <laughs> oh oh it's it's brilliant. actually
1: out of her it's out of her birthday pinata that we did not bust so Oh, you gotta bust it.
0: Busted. All right. Well, you can send those delectable treats to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201 in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Zip code 27804. Address it to the all new sports show. Please don't send any live animals. All right, Wes. That is gonna do it for us here today. Uh, thank you all for listening in, and we will see you somewhere. But you can catch us next week. What an amazing end.
1: Oh, bye, everybody. This is Saturday
0: night. Go